the podcast was dead to begin with. There is no doubt whatever about that. Except that you are listening to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux Welcome to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 134, where there are links to contact us and vote on the movies we cover. Yes, we actually have you vote on the movies that you want us to cover. We listen to you, just as you're listening to us right now. Uh, but there's also a Patreon link at that page if you'd like to be one of our awesome patrons helping fund the show alongside Brian Keating, Deborah Powers, Jared Holzhauer, Chris Cowan, Patrick Hicks, Diego Avila, the Feel and Film Podcast, Peter Guzman, and a secret patron as well. Thank you all so much for your support. It makes a big difference and helps keep us flying. My name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad designer, and I predicted that The Muppet Christmas Carol would be a tragic movie. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Uh, right be- out of the gate. Before, your seat before <laughs> we introduce our guests, uh, here is your Francisco's boop, 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 flash announcement. Uh, so we, we talked about, I think we mentioned it in the past two episodes now, uh, but there now if you go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash store, you can find, in as a matter of fact, the I hate white text on black backgrounds T-shirt, which is a, uh, I guess, what would you call it? an homage or a? Uh, it's something that I've. It's said. something to honor Paul. Yeah, it's it's, it's essentially multiple times on this <laughs> podcast. Exactly. So if you too hate slow and boring movies that usually start off with white text on black background, that's the shirt for you. So go check it out. And it also has uh, the pixel art of Paul on the back with Retro Rewind Podcast. RetroRewindPodcast.com. And if you get that, that would help support the show in a small Well, actually a big way because you're like sporing our, mer- our merch, which is awesome. Anyway, so go check that out. And that is the, that's the end of your Francisco's boop, 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 boop flash announcement. Now, I'd like to welcome back to the show, as always, my good friend, my co-host, the interrupter of worlds, Paul Powers. Hey, Paul. Hello. Hello. Uh, Wondering how many worlds I've interrupted. (laughs) You interrupt my world all the time. But, (laughs) Paul, my trivial question for you is this. Uh, This was the first Muppets movie that came out after Jim Henson had passed away. Yes. Uh, Paul, if you could pick one, uh, like, film creator or, uh, I don't know, like, whether it's uh, Walt Disney or Jim Henson or someone like that, if you could pick one of them to like for one day be alive and you go and have lunch with them, who would it be? Would they be in zombie form, like trying to eat my no, brains? Or? No. Okay. Oh, gosh. I mean, good clarifying uh, question, but oh my gosh. Uh, honestly, Walt Disney has been a hero of, of mine for a long time. So okay. I would love to pick his brain, not physically, but you know. Because he's not a zombie. Don't pick his brain. Right. Right. You'll become a zombie too. That's no good. Yeah. Then you can't do this podcast with me. Yeah. Uh, 
but very it's good one of those questions that he said if you could have dinner with one dead person you know throughout history my my answer is always walt disney all right well there you go uh thank you paul and what was your You're prediction welcome. for the muppet christmas carol I predicted The Muppets Christmas Carol would be a classic film. A classic film? Okay. Now, uh, because of a clerical error on my part, we actually are blessed with two guest hosts this time. You should do that more often. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'd like to welcome back first to the show. Uh, He is the pastor of Orchard Church in, uh, not Minnesota, Where's that? Michigan? Michigan. Michigan. Michigan, yeah. Uh, welcome back to the show. Nathan James Norman. Welcome, Nathan. Thanks for having me. You're welcome to be had. Yeah, all right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Starting strong here. Okay, uh, Nathan, uh, since this is your second time on the show, please, can you tell us who is your favorite actor or actress working today? Wow. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, all right, trivial question then. Uh, Great, great. Thanks. <laughs> Michael J. Nelson from Rift Tracks. There you go. That's the first thing. Oh, okay. All right. Um, wow. Uh, so, Nathan, here's your trivial question. In the book, uh, A Christmas, The Christmas, is it A Christmas Carol or The Christmas hey. Carol? Hey, thank you. Hey. A Christmas Carol, there's only one Marley, Jacob Marley. Robert, Mar- Robert Marley was added so that uh, they could be played by Statler and Waldorf. Uh, Nathan, what is, is there any Muppet that you would have liked to have seen in this film, even if it meant creating a new character for the story? Uh, I would have liked to seen Pepe the Prawn. I yeah. like him. Who is yeah. was he created after that? I think he was created after was created, this, though. Yes. That's the problem. But yeah. he was still a great character. Okay. Yeah. What was he? And I'm not super familiar with him. Like, well, uh, I think he, yeah, I think he debuted in Muppets Tonight. Okay, and then uh, he's been in a lot of their like Muppets, The Wizard of Oz, and oh, okay. the Muppets. It's a Wonderful Life, and you know some things that were not all that phenomenal. Okay, yeah. his and, Twitter uh, account is amazing though. He yes. has his own oh, Twitter account. Oh my yeah. goodness! And it's I, uh, I predicted that this was going to be a classic film. All right, so two classics so far. Uh, thank you, Nathan. And also, big welcome back. Big welcome back. How does that work? I don't know, but we'll go with it. He is a working actor. I, if you are around where he lives, I suppose you may have seen him in theatrical productions of Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. He was played Dr. Horrible. Uh, Young Frankenstein, he played Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, and he's also played Riff Raff from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Welcome back to the show, Patrick Kramer. Welcome back, Patrick. Hey, guys. Thanks. Hey, Patrick. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks. Patrick, since this is yes. also your second time on the show, can you please tell uh, us who your favorite actor or actress is working today? That would be me. Okay. <laughs> Other than I'm, you, then. <laughs> um, I'm so fast. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a really big fan of John Hamm. John oh, Hamm. Nice. What? Nice. Did you see Baby Driver? He's the guy that won't die in Baby Driver. I have not. I want to see Baby Driver. I've not seen him. <laughs> He's the lead in Mad Men. Never seen Mad Men. <laughs> what? Million Dollar about, Arm. Um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Ban a thousand here. But cool. John okay, Hamm. So, He's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, right. Here's your trivial question. Patrick, as we said before, this was the first major Muppet 
production after Jim Henson's death, the role of Kermit the Frog was handed down to Steve Whitmire. He said he was incredibly nervous about taking over such an iconic character. The night before he recorded Kermit's songs for the movie, he had a dream where he met Henson in a hotel lobby and told him how unsure he was. In the dream, Henson reassured Whitmire, could be Whitmer, my my apologies, that the feeling would pass. After waking up, Whitmire was confident and able to do the part. Patrick, as an actor... Have you ever had a dream or maybe even a nightmare that somehow impacted one of your performances? Uh, yeah. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is a real deep dive, but uh, there's a little musical called Forever Plaid. Okay. Which is about these four guys who were a singing group in the 60s who die in a bus crash on the way to their biggest show. But then the night of the show you're coming to see, they, they brought back to Earth due to the show they never got to do. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, uh, of course, I was one of the guys. Yeah. And it's a lot of real tight four-part harmony stuff through the whole show. Uh-huh. Like complicated, complicated music. And it the show the music literally gave me nightmares. Oh, gosh. Like, it, was, it was so complicated to learn. Oh. And, and I'm like, I've done a thousand shows. Why is it this show? It, it haunted me oh. through the entire rehearsal process. Gosh. So, I mean, it was it was intense. You know, you're in a very short time frame to put a show up. So when you've got to worry about the production side of it and the promotion side of it, then you're also learning two and a half hours worth of music. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to hide behind. It's just the four guys. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So you are you're that one part is dependent on you. It's just you. <laughs> so and of course, I was I was singing the baritone line, which of course this whole thing was again to get music nerdy. The most complicated line in the entire show. <laughs> of course. Of course. So, yeah, that that show literally had waking from, you know, in cold, drenched sweats. Oh, jeez. Uh, you know, <laughs> for the entire rehearsal process. <laughs> Went off without a hitch. I've oh. actually done the show three different times. Oh, wow. Since yeah. then. Okay. So, but that's how I met my wife. Oh, really? So, oh, uh, fun. Yeah. Or got back together with my wife, should I say. Okay. <laughs> But that's, a long, that's, but that's another story. Okay, we won't go there right now. Yeah, I don't know why I went to make it, but okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jordan, I forgot the line. Patrick, before... The South rise again, yes. man. <laughs> Patrick, thank you for sharing that story. That was awesome. What was your prediction, though, for Muppet Christmas Carol? Uh, it, I said it would be a classic. Classic. All right, so I'm the odd man out. I've never been yeah. in that situation before. Wait, huh, Paul? You also didn't know Pep- who Pepe was, so I'm not surprised. <sighs> all right, all right, fine, Paul. <laughs> why don't Pepe or no Pepe, why don't you tell Alice what we're doing this episode, land the course so we can get going into talking about the Muppet Christmas Carol. All right, Alice, let's have a roundtable discussion on the Muppet Christmas Carol about what we liked and didn't like, including what we liked most and didn't like most. And we'll come back for our final ratings and some feedback and announcements. Yes, indeedy. And yeah, Alice, uh, so once you find uh, that target, get us back to good old 1992. Alert, alert. Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. 
Get ready. Quiet! Get set. God save my little broken body. For the funniest family movie of the year. I don't want to! Walt Disney Pictures presents from Jim Henson Productions, The Muppet Christmas Carol. It's a dickens of an adventure, as only the Muppets can tell it. I am here to tell the story. And I am here for the food. Only in theaters, The Muppet Christmas Carol. You know that food is wax? Rated G. <laughs> Starts Friday, December 11th at a theater near you. Yes, that fruit is wax. And you know what? Sometimes some people may think our brains are made of wax. Actually, I don't know who these people are, but <laughs> um, regardless of our gray matter being wax or not, we still had some memories of um, the Muppet Christmas Carol before we rewatched it. And if you meld all those, you like melt that wax and sort of reharden it all together, you get a you get a memory mind melt synopsis. And this is what we have for this movie. Gonzo is, no, I mean is, Charles Dickens. He recounts the story of Ebenezer Scrooge and narrates the Christmas Carol as it unfolds to Rizzo the Rat, except for the ghost of Christmas future part. That's too scary. But hey, it's culture. Uh, Batman's butler, Michael Caine, is greedy with all his money left to him after Bruce Wayne dies. <laughs> um... So now Scrooge is haunted by ghost Muppets like his old business partners who tell him three spirits will visit him to try to change his heart back to being uh, caring and redeem his soul. Kermit the Frog, as Bob Cratchit, is, is a foil to cold-hearted Scrooge. Light the lamp, not the rat. Light the lamp, not the rat. So Scrooge meets the three-time traveling puppet ghosts. Uh, the Electric Mayhem is Fozzie Wig's Christmas party band. An animal looks dead inside playing the triangle before he finally cuts loose on the drums. Nobody cared for Scrooge all his life, which he didn't have a problem with until he saw that no one showed up for his funeral. So Scrooge becomes less Scroogey. Uh, I mean, there are certainly things there that were right, but most of that was incepted. Uh, but Bruce Wayne did die, right? <laughs> I guess that depends on what uh, story arc and timeline you're reading. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Paul, you know, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, if he was real, probably technically would die if since he's human. Uh, <laughs> but Paul, why don't you give us the technical aspects of this movie, like who was in it, how did you at the box office, that type of stuff. Sure thing. Uh, the Muppet Christmas Carols rated G runs an hour and 25 minutes and was released on December 11th of 1992. It was uh, directed by Brian Henson and stars Michael Caine and uh, let's say a bunch of these people uh, like Dave Golez, Steve Whitmire, Jerry Nelson, Frank Oz, Dave Rudman, and a few others. Yeah, and to highlight some of those... Dave Golet Golez, is that what you said? Goals. 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 Uh, he play, he played Gonzo as Charles Dickens and also voiced uh, Didymus in Labyrinth, which you can uh, listen to our review of and at retrorewindpodcast.com slash 13. And he also voiced uh, Gonzo Zoot and Dr. Brunson Honeydew in the Muppet movie, which we covered in slash 41. Uh, Stephen Whitmire played Kermit, and he was also, he voiced the four guards in Labyrinth, and again, slash 13, and voice the Fletcher Fletcher Bird in the Muppet movie, again, 41. 
excuse me, and Jerry Nelson, who voiced Tiny Tim, among many other voices, also voiced uh, Floyd Pepper, Crazy Harry, and Robin the Frog in the Muppet movie, slash 41, one more time. And uh, Frank Oz, who voiced Miss Piggy as Emily Cratchit, was, uh, voiced Fungus in Monsters, Inc., which is slash 129. Uh, he was a brain surgeon in a deleted scene of Superman 3, which was slash 1, our first episode. Uh, he, again, voiced Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Animal, in the Muppet movie, slash 41. He voiced Yoda in the original Star Wars trilogy, which we covered in slash 79. And he directed this this movie, I guess, called What About Bob, which was RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 88. I guess you can imagine how I rated that movie. Anyway, uh, Paul, how did this film do at the box office? The budget of this film was about $12 million and went on to gross uh, over $27 million in the box okay. office. So about double. Not bad, not bad. Or more than yeah. double, but yeah. I do yeah, math. Uh, <laughs> uh, just out of curiosity, you know, there have been um, many Christmas movies. Do you know where this falls in as far as how... Like uh, the box office return of all Christmas movies, or all Christmas movies from Christmas Carol, all Christmas movies from 1980 to present. Oh, uh, my guess would be. Oh, how many are there? So, like, uh, uh over seventy. Okay, uh, my guess would be around the middle, thirty-five. Oh, very close. It's actually thirty-two. Oh. You could have let our guest uh, guess too, Paul, but... Oh, I'm sorry, but it was so close. I'm sure they like, both would have said 32, right, guys? Okay. But I'll, I was, was going to say top 10. But oh, okay. All right. I was, was going to ask them if they knew what the number one movie was. Is it Elf? No, it's not Elf. Elf is number five. Oh. Any guesses? Polar Nathan? Express. Nice guess for Polar Express, but no. Um, that's... Number three. The n- number one is. Is this just theatrical? Theatrical. Just theatrical. From theaters. the 80s through now? Yeah. Die Hard. <laughs> no, <laughs> unfortunately, yes. no. It should be Die Hard. <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas live action is number two. Oh, oh uh, number oh, two. I, I feel like you're going to say it and we're going to be like, yes, of course. Santa Claus. Oh, we this- have reviewed it. Actually, the oh. Santa Claus, the movie that we reviewed, is a step below. It's number 33, uh, this uh, one. Oh, okay. <laughs> We've reviewed this movie, you said? Yes. What other Christmas movies we have did. we reviewed? Did we, didn't we do Home Alone? Oh, yes, Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was, was going to say Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So anyway, yes, yeah. we have done Home Alone. I don't know the number. I want to say it was in the seventies or sixties. Uh, so go check that out somehow. All we right, we have I a will. search on the site. Just search Home Alone. You'll find it. Yeah, you'll find it's number seventy-one. There you go. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, so okay, so uh, obviously, obviously, people like this movie enough to double its its pr- uh, production costs. Uh, but let's talk about the things we specifically liked about this film. And let's start with Patrick. What's one thing you liked about The Muppet Christmas Carol? Uh, well, of course, I'm going to go to the music first. The music. Uh, All right. Yeah. It's, it's Paul Williams who has written songs. He wrote songs for all the classic Muppet films. Mm-hmm. And they're just great, hummable tunes. They're 
they're, they feel pretty timeless. They don't feel dated mm-hmm. by any means. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of those things. It's interesting because I don't feel like the songs are songs that you, like, have in your DNA constantly. But, like, we watched, we sat down and watched it last night for the first time in probably five years. Wow. Oh, really? And, like, I knew all the words to the songs. <laughs> oh, wow. Even though I hadn't probably watched it in forever. Oh, it's that's just, great. It's, like, it's just, they're that, they just kind of stick with you. Yeah, that's interesting. So one yeah. of one of my likes was a specific song, actually. And as, as a music guy, maybe you'll help you can help me nail down why this might be, Patrick. But um, for me, the Marley and Marley song was was my favorite. I really dug great that one. Tune. <laughs> great tune. Yeah, I, and I mean, it's just and they sell it so well. The Statler Walden yes. characters sell that number so well. So totally, I, I can't I can't argue with that. That's a, it's a great number. <laughs> awesome. Well, okay, that, that's all I need. As long as I, I'm validated, I'm perfect. <laughs> <You are. laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, let's go to Nathan. What's one thing you liked? Well, I also like the music. I think uh, I'd agree with Patrick. The It's just timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the music has made it onto my Christmas list. Like, it feels like Christmas. And uh, yes. I think it, it, it's just, it, it feels like a song that should be musically canon for mm-hmm. this time of year. Um, but additional to that, I liked that Gonzo was cast as... Charles Dickens. Oh, really? Um, (laughs) There's so many Christmas Carol stories, uh, but you never get the voice of the narrator done effectively. And so having Gonzo there narrating this with Rizzo there didn't make it feel like a cheap, you know, breaking the the fourth wall kind of thing. It it just felt natural because it's conversational. Mm -hmm. So I really like that. Yeah, it was very well done. I thought their interplay was was pretty well done. It was... It was fun, kept things light, and yeah, also uh, paid homage to the to the actual book itself. Um, let's see, Paul, what's something you liked? Uh, the Muppets, and I think they're fun characters, and it's great to see them uh, in a classic story. It's these <laughs> guys. I like these guys. These are funny guys. <laughs> okay, El Guapo. <laughs> um, but, but you know what? I do want to say that some I like the these the puppeteers behind the, the Muppets, yeah, they're just so top notch. I'd say. I, oh, I mean, yeah. it feels like these puppets are just a normal part of this world. I, it was. I very much lost the lost the like. Oh well, yeah. This this is obviously the the part where this part's covering where the puppets you can't see the legs or. I mean, there's just so much integration and so much. Um, work that went into making all the the Muppets feel like they're part of this. I, I thought that was astounding. So mm-hmm. good job, puppeteers and projection designers and all all of them all. Uh, let's go back to Patrick. What's another thing you liked? Michael Caine. Uh, I mean, he, he. I feel like the man can make a career out of playing Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, he's just he's he's just he's just. I mean, he's, he's Michael freaking Kane. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to say. He, there was an earnestness, earnestness to his performance, mm-hmm. despite the fact this is a Muppet film. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there, and nothing ever felt tongue in cheek about it. You know, yeah, right. You know, it, it felt like he was doing his performance. Felt like it could be up there with every any other 
classic traditional portrayal of the character. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and you, you know, know what? that's right. It, that sort of speaks to one of the. While I was going through IMDb trivia, um, one of the things that he either said in an interview or someone someone attributed this him saying this that he he said he was going to play the the character as if he was uh, like doing this for like Royal Shakespeare Company or just very. Yeah, just very serious, not blinking. Like I think, not blinking at the audience. As in, I think is that like a way of saying I winking at the audience? No, he said he said don't blink. I, oh, I don't okay. know if that's synonymous with winking at the audience. Like uh, I know these are Muppets, but I'm just I'm playing along. It's like no, this I'm a, I am Scrooge, and this is very very serious. But yeah, yeah I totally totally agree. But is Michael Caine your favorite? Uh, actor to play Scrooge, other than Bill Murray. Okay, <laughs> I, I like the cover your jib there. <laughs> yeah, so you know, but yeah. I mean, I, again, uh, this will go into another one of my likes, so I'll save it. But yeah, uh, actually, go go yeah, ahead, I, go ahead, go into another. Well, I was going to say the whole show, and again, just I feel like I'm just feeding off of what I do for a living. But mm-hmm. it's the, they, the way they staged the film is it felt like a live performance. Oh yeah, you know, I suppose so. If you really think about it, it, it feels like you get you know you almost get the feeling of the show starts. You can almost feel the curtain opening. Yeah, and the sets. And I one of the things that I kind of noticed last night when I was watching it that I never really paid attention to before was that the sets, because this is back before digital sets. Everything is practical mm-hmm. as far as the sets go, and they have to be built to scale mm-hmm. for for the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. You know, you look at it, it's like this all feels like a live show. Yeah. You're watching it on film, but it feels like you're in the moment. Mm-hmm. Nothing feels, it didn't feel like a film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like, you know, Interesting. It's, yeah. It's, it's a very kind of visceral feel to it. So I, re- I, I really kind of appreciated that. And I feel like that, that stands up above, we're big Muppet people in general, but I think that actually separates it as a film from even any of the other Muppet films before it or after it. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I feel like it kind of sits on a pedestal by itself in that yeah. field. Is it just it has a different feel to it than any of the other ones do? Mm-hmm. That's true. A lot of the other Muppet movies they go into the real world, whether it's New York or whatever. Yeah. Um, but this, yeah, but this, you're right. This is their more like their world, and so mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. Maybe why they. That's why to me it felt like they were so, uh, so. So of it, as opposed to wow. just add it in, yeah, uh, right, yeah, uh, awesome. That's 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 awesome. Uh, Nathan, what's one of the other things you liked? Well, actually, Patrick stole my classic maker with oh, Michael. Really? King. Oh, wow. uh, I no, it's fine. I love that he did not uh, play this as as just a joke. Uh, he was very serious. These could have been human actors alongside of him, mm. uh, but he treated them like real people. Um, and I think that brought his humanity out as well. You saw him oh. as this dark, selfish, awful person. And then as his redemption comes at the end, I mean, you, you, you see the light in his eyes and the, the joy in his heart and that his heart is, has grown to, to love others and think of uh, other people other than himself. And so I, he just his performance was phenomenal. Um, I I think of him as the definitive serious uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Okay. Uh, when wow. I think of A Christmas Carol, uh, so he he was my classic maker. Okay, awesome. Uh, well, why don't you go ahead and give us one of your just less classicy 
makers. Something else. I like the rat. I like the rat bookkeepers. Uh, yes. Pretty funny. <laughs> yes. Heat Our playing. assets are frozen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's a good pr- stuff. It surprised me how many different gags. I mean, I'm, gags in quotation marks. They were able to come up with to do with the rats. It wasn't just always the same thing, especially when they're dancing at, and at the end when they're like finding out they did get to go to Chris or right get the day off the next day. And they just did all these different things. I I found that pretty amazing that because it could have just been simplistic and had them just like walking out or something like that and just walking and marching along. But they, they're doing all these different things, clean windows and blowing out uh, candles and uh, right. uh, squishing against walls, just lots of fun things, which was, which was cool. Uh, Paul, what's something else you liked? Well, close to that, I love the humor in this. Um, and it's all throughout, and not just the the slapstick humor of like picking up Rizzo the rat and using him as a, a washcloth to wipe out the window, but <laughs> Thank also you for making me a part of this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's there's some subtle humor, like when the Marleys come out and they say, um, and, and Scrooge is talking about uh, there's more grave of gravy than you. And they say, like, leave the comedy to the bears, which is a reference to Fozzie Bear and his jokes. So there's little things like that peppered throughout the film, or even the name Robert Marley. And what- <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. Why, yeah. Why is that a joke? Bob Marley. Robert is short, or Bob is yeah, short. Okay, for, I, 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 yeah, I got it. So Bob Marley. So if you're going to have another Marley in there, you use a famous name. Okay. So Bob Marley. Uh, uh. So that kind of humor is not, it, it also has that subtle, um, more cog, what is, cerebral humor to mm-hmm. it that I really enjoyed. Cool, cool. Um, let's see. Uh, Patrick, what's one more thing you liked? Uh, I really liked um, the interplay between Gonzo and Rizzo mm-hmm. uh, throughout. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think there could have been. It could very easily have could become either a too dry, mm-hmm. or it could have become too hokey. It could have easily have tipped. Oh, yeah, totally. One way or the other. Um, and I thought the writers did a great job of kind of you know keeping with the traditional Dickens text. But then throwing in a lot of irreverent humor along with it, um, mm-hmm. that just kind of kept it from getting too bogged down. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and and it was fun because I thought it, it, it was it was interesting the way they made Rizzo and Gonzo. They're the narrators, and they were part of. They were in the story, but they weren't in the story. Mm-hmm. Right. They would affect moments in it. But it, but it never, but other characters within the narrative never kind of paid attention to them specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, like for instance, when they're in the scene in Scrooge's schoolhouse when he's young, mm-hmm. and they're up there with all those busts. Yes. And the busts fall, and Sam Eagle turns around and sees it mm-hmm. fall, but there's no mention of Gonzalo Rizzo. Yeah, yeah. It's just oh, oh, they fell. He didn't even fix that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was just you know, that kind of moment. So, and I thought, you know, I thought, well, when he, when they like grappling hook on to Scrooge, yeah, you know, to fly, and I'm like, that's it's silly, but I'm okay. Yeah, like you know, it's like, are, are you? I buy it. Are you really okay? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah, I am. Okay. I am because they because they because they technically exist outside the story. So right. if that's the case, why do they need a grapple hook? That's okay. We don't have to get into the uh, the minutia. Nathan, yes, minutia. <laughs> Great word choice. Uh, Nathan, give us one more <laughs> like uh, that you had, and then the rest of us will give our classic makers since we already uh, went over yours. Yeah. Um. I just think, uh, along with the, the lines of the humor and everything, I lots of little cameos from characters throughout uh, throughout the the movie, like Sprocket from Fraggle Rock. Yes. And, uh, you know, little little guys here and there was it, it was a nice little uh, moment to remind us of all the Muppets that uh, they couldn't fit into characters. <laughs> yeah. Good, good, good. Speaking uh, of oh. uh, going back, uh, I thought you you mentioned. Like, what Muppet would have you liked to have seen yeah. that wasn't? I would have liked to have seen Sweetums play the uh, the Ghost of Future. Wow. That, yeah, right? Sweetums is the from the, the Muppet movie, the big guy. Yeah, the big yeah. hairy guy. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, moving on. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> I don't know if that would have been scary enough, though, because Sweetums no. is kind of like this lovable giant. Sure, he could, he, sure. He could have been Christmas present, though. Yeah, no, but I liked who yeah. they used. I mean, I yeah. I mean they they oh, that chose, character was great. That yeah, was great. they yeah. they made new Muppets for this movie for the yeah. three ghosts. So I liked what they did with each of them. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay, now let's, hear me out. I okay. I wonder if if they almost made uh, a nega version, like like a, a opposite version of Big Bird. I feel like that would be pretty creepy. Oh, a zombie version yeah. of Big Bird yeah. as the ghost of future. Dark Big Bird. <laughs> yes, exactly. Draw the Big Bird. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Draw the birdies. Um That's awesome. Anyway, uh, I, I want to share my classic maker, though. And turns out <clears throat> I already went over it because we, we mentioned uh, the rats. I forget who, if that was uh, Nathan or Patrick. But... Uh, yeah, just for whatever reason, like that scene where they had um, them doing all these sort of different, uh, different gags. That's the only thing I can think of to describe it. Just these different moments that they didn't have to do. There, you also saw a bunch of those in a lot of the songs where sort of ancillary puppets were doing silly things, whether it's fruit talking or. Or the one uh, guy selling turkey and the turkey popped out. Uh, get back in there. <laughs> just yeah. just lots of little fun touches uh, I appreciate in this movie. And I thought that that really was winsome of it to have all that. Um, so that was my classic maker. Uh, Patrick, what was your classic maker? Oh, well, um, really, I think it was a, a, actually a specific moment. And it's... The scene in Christmas Yet to Come when he's taken to the Cratchit household mm-hmm. and Kermit comes in and again it's they're Muppets mm-hmm. and but yet there was a they re, it was a great portrayal of that scene of just the a the sadness of the loss of the child and mm-hmm. Tim but then the the hope, but then, but the family still had hopefulness, you know, had hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you and you had that great shot of Michael Caine 
who looked like he literally was about to break down into tears mm-hmm. as he's watching it all. And again, and this kind of ties back to him, to Kane, not to taking this so seriously. Mm-hmm. It was, I think it was just a great, earnest, heartfelt moment, which kind of, you know, I think it sets it apart from just being another kids movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, it kind of, it elevates it. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's a moment like that where they could have, they could have not gone there and made it as somber as they did. Yeah. They could, yeah. They and, could. But they were willing, but they were willing to go there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a brave choice as a film. Mm-hmm. And, and I find that they pulled it off. And, and it and it came up great. Very good, cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. A lot of uh, families that I I talk with, they don't like movies like Up, or movies mm-hmm. that have those really heartbreaking moments in them mm-hmm. when they're kids. They're like, ah, oh, you know, we came to see a kids movie, and why are we talking about these things? But I, it's amazing when you you're with kids. I mean, they they process it and they ask those questions, and I think okay. the kids are are in a way old enough. And and thirsty enough to ask those hard questions, and sometimes where us adults don't want to go there, um, the adults that are more uncomfortable about discussing. Exactly, it. that's right. Yeah. And it forces us. That's the wonderful venue of film and storytelling, is it forces us to go to some places that we're not scared to, and while our guards down, so that we can uh, emotionally process it a little bit better. So, yeah, I mean, my, uh, I, I I agree. That's that's a great scene. Totally. I mean, for instance, as an example, my infant. Definitely want to know, like in Saving Private Ryan, would, <laughs> were there better tactics to have used in D-Day? I mean, we, we were talking through that, and it was a really great conversation. I surprised them. Kidding, obviously. But, I need to wow. make a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Yeah, <laughs> you're actually getting your phone. Thanks, Patrick. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, that's an excellent point, though. Uh, let's see. They, they, they can process more stuff than we probably give them credit for. I mean, it depends on the child, obviously, but sure. Um, Paul, why don't you close out our like section with your classic maker? Sure. I'll end it with how we begin it because my classic maker was already brought up with Paul Williams songs. Oh, okay. I, I enjoyed them. I was singing right along and I have enjoyed them for years. They're on my Christmas playlist. Um, not all of them, but most of them. Um, I I just think it's it's top notch. Uh, is there one in particular you like the most? Yeah, the uh, it feels like Christmas. Da, 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 that one is oh, my favorite. That one's probably the most earwormy for sure. Yeah, yeah. The uh, when love is gone is kind of like yeah, that doesn't need to be like like I. I Played next yeah, to Jingle Bells, you know what I mean. <laughs> what? What do you mean? And so I, I think I shared um, my favorite, and you just shared yours. Uh, Patrick, what was your favorite song? Did you did you say you had yours? I don't think you did. Song, actual yeah. particular song. Yeah. Um, Marley and Marley. Marley, yes. Yeah, Simpatico. And how about yours, uh, uh, Nathan? It feels like Christmas. Yep. Okay. Feels like Christmas. Okay, was wait. That's the one you said, right, Paul? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I it's agree two with and two. the master interrupter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, 
Uh, before we get to the things we didn't like, I mean, maybe there, there are actually songs in this movie we didn't like. Who knows? Uh, but before we get there, we'd like to go out to social media and ask uh, you all, all our listeners, uh, what, do you, what do you remember about the movies or video games we're going to cover? Uh, this time, Paul is actually going to share our uh, what you all had to say. Take it away, Paul. All right. So Sarah Way, Ray, sorry, Sarah. I hope you're doing well. (laughs) She says, this is one of my favorite Christmas movies, hands down. I can quote most of the movie. I own the movie, and I make my family watch it each year. (laughs) Nice. And right. And Ryan R. Jackson says, a fun telling of a classic tale. Michael Caine makes a great Scrooge. Yeah. And uh, I think it's Celeste. Yeah, Celeste says, love, love, love. That's okay. It. Oh, okay. Uh, and since we are doing this live, uh, I did want to bring in some of the conversation we've had from our chat. Uh, Dale said uh, that George C. Scott is my favorite Scrooge, but Kane is a great second for me. So, and he would say his classic maker, Dale would say his classic maker was Tiny Tim's song. That was definitely a heartfelt song. So thank you to everyone that uh, left us feedback on this movie and for uh, Dale and anyone else in our chat. Uh, and now, now's the time, though. This was based on A Christmas Carol, but maybe there was something unharmonious in this film. Let's talk about the things we didn't like. And oh. I'll start us off because you guys seem to be very, uh, very up. Seem to be. No, we were. <laughs> <laughs> were very uh, complimentary about the music in this movie. And while, yeah. I, while I liked Marley and Marley, I would say most of the songs are, I mean, yeah, they're catchy, and I was humming some of them after, but it was more I was humming them annoyed than humming them, oh, I'm so glad I'm going along with this song. You and, know, when I hate music that and it's songs that I really can't stand, I, I just like to hum them myself as well. I find myself. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a back backhanded way of saying I'm wrong or not, Paul. But okay, no, I don't do that. Oh, 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 I'm dead inside. Okay, well, yes. I mean, we knew that. I think that's well established <laughs> throughout this podcast. That I am dead inside. But regardless, uh, yeah, I they just they were not my favorite. I've I. I I think of like I think back to the Muppet movie and Rainbow Connection, and I just I love that song. I wish there's more songs like that. I know it wouldn't have fit, but and this is why I want to tease out a little bit of why maybe Marley and Marley I like so much. And I I I don't know if it's just I'm not a music person, so I don't know if it's like the chord structure or the the just the 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 vocals or what, but. That's I like that one the most. The rest I just thought were too, too catchy. N- too not poppy. too cat. Maybe too, too poppy. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm just dead inside. But uh, let's go to someone else. Uh, Paul, what's something you didn't like? <laughs> Michael Caine's eyebrows. What? Do we- <laughs> this is so silly. But if you ever notice, they. S- they go from the middle and they're really thick and bushy as they go up to the side of the face. And then on the curve down, they're like 
there's like a thin line, like with little wisps. So his eyebrows actually kind of reminded me of a Muppet, at least partially, <laughs> that were big and bushy, and, and then slightly... It was like, did they purposely like make them extra bushier so he'd fit in better with the Muppets? But uh, I never noticed it before this viewing, but I noticed it, how... It it starts off very big and bushy, and then at the end, it kind of trails off to almost normal, like, but thin. But anyway, it kind of bugged me after I noticed it. Okay. Wow. Nathan, were there any eyebrows that bothered you? <laughs> <laughs> That's like a subverter level film description. Yep. There are some eyebrows on the vegetables that just wigged <laughs> me out. <laughs> yeah, hairy vegetables. Wow. Those and singing ones, my mom told me not to eat. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but what was some you uh, didn't like, Nathan? I, uh, I didn't like how Frank Oz reused Fozzie's voice for some of the street oh, people in the beginning. Oh, yes. Oh, I didn't uh, notice that. Good okay. point. So, like, the horse and carriage driver, I think, and then the vegetable salesman. It was the same yeah. voice as Fozzie's. Yeah. So yeah. you hear Fozzie's voice, and Frank Oz has such a, a range of voices that he can do. I don't, I don't know why that happened. At least he didn't throw in Yoda. <laughs> yeah. I would like to hear Yoda. Why wasn't Yoda just in this movie? I think that would have been cool. This there was, was no yogurt. Sorry, just having space balls flashbacks. <laughs> Even with strawberries. Even with strawberries. Adorable. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, well, Patrick, you hate yogurt. What, what's something you didn't like about uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol? Uh, I hated the Cratchit twins. Oh, And they, they were added for the story, right? They, they're not in yeah, the original. I mean, there are other Cratchit children. Okay. I mean, yeah. There are other Cratchit children. All right. I did Beeper. not like they, they were like an irritating like subset of Piggy. Yeah. And that just kind of mimicked every little snarky thing that Miss Piggy did. Yeah. That's and, where they learned it. Yeah. And they were bratty and I just I thought when they were the focus of a moment, it just it did not feel like it it felt incongruous with the rest of the Oh. I was watching. Yeah, you know what? Now that you mentioned that, that that did. I like that. That was a and bit. It never, and yeah. I never noticed it before. It was just last night that I'm kind of like, yeah. I could do without these two annoying little. Mm. Yeah. It's Melinda and Belinda. Like, which one's yeah. which? It's a fun, like, I don't know, go chew your gum moment. I, I, mean, I well, guess, but it's not needed. I don't. I don't feel like well, it's, no, not even, it's, it's not even that. It was just kind of their actual kind of attitudes. They were just a, mm. a little too sassy for my taste. Yeah. And know what else bothered me about them? Why are they not some sort of mix between pig and frog? I mean, seriously. Why, why all the girls are pigs and all the boys why, are frogs. Why, how does That's it work? the way it is. No, no. See, Shrek got That's, right. They had mixed oh, donkey no. and dragons. It made sense. <laughs> this, well, no, you're Muppet not going to get... Muppet DNA does not work the same as donkey and dragon DNA. That's oh, true. Oh, I never thought about that the DNA is a different... A how different xenophobic type. of you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Back around. Uh, <laughs> listen to our pre-show patrons to get that, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my. Okay. Well, uh, let's go. Actually, back to Nathan. What's something you don't like? That's something else you don't like. Um, this is kind of a dislike, but I don't know how to fix it. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't like there. There was minimal Kermit 
in uh, a Muppet film. Yeah. I mean, he's the main character, but I, the film works the best, I think, structured that way. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. imagine Bob, Kermit yeah. being Bob, Scrooge. Or yeah. I couldn't imagine him being... Right, Sorry. I couldn't imagine him being uh, the narrator. Right, uh, Gonzo fits that role the best. Yeah, um, and uh, so yeah, it's a dislike, but I I think the movie works great the way it is. But yeah, you know, if I watch it with my kids, they're like, "Where's Kermit? Where's Kermit? Where's Kermit?" Oh. All right, just be. Just be patient. Just look at the funny rat. There's We're other good. Muppets. This yeah. isn't Kermit's Christmas Carol. But, it's a Muppet. But you know what, guys? I, I, this that spurs something. I mean, we had this conversation earlier about who would have been uh, maybe another possible Ghost of Future, uh, Ghost of Christmas Future, and you saying that Nathan made me think. Okay, so I remember in a Muppet movie, you see Kermit and sort of his dream self or another version of him in that. What if there are three different versions and they got increasingly mm. like crazier? Like you get normal Kermit, or maybe you get like uh, uh, Robin as the ghost of uh, Christmas past. Then you get, I mean, not technically Robin as mm. young Kermit, but then Kermit as ghost of Christmas present, and then like scary Kermit, wherever that looks like, as ghost of Christmas future. Scary Kermit. That's a Hi, fun Kermit the Frog here. You're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then who would you get to play uh Bob Cratchit? Uh, Gonzo. No, this I, is not I working. Think, honestly, I think if the, the only thing you could have done is you could have flipped Gonzo and Kermit. Yeah. yeah I, I, probably. But I like but I said, I think I think it works more. best with, with Gonzo there. Yeah, because yeah, then you like Mickey's that, Christmas Carol. Mickey, yeah. who is Mickey. It's only Bob. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Well, but there, yeah. I mean, you already have a Scrooge character, which is perfect because Scrooge is Scrooge. So, right. um, uh, okay. So wait, go ahead. What What was the previous? I mean, is it's the Money Cartoon, right? Those are the only two times that Disney yeah. used mm-hmm. uh, Scrooge character. Interesting. Exactly. I didn't yeah. realize that because wow. he was in the uh, the Donald Duck comics as. Yeah, uh, but the uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol was really only like the second time he'd actually ever been animated. I didn't realize wow. that, yeah. but somehow I knew that. I would have figured it came after DuckTales, but woo-hoo. Uh, what Mickey's came after? Yeah. That the Christmas Carol came out after DuckTales. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that was reversed. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. That was well. like 10 years difference. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Uh <laughs> I'll go ahead and just share something else I didn't like because why not? Uh, and we were just we were just talking about this, the ghosts. Um, for me, now this is Paul had his eyebrows. This is yeah. my my silly dislike. Okay, good. And this is actually this isn't a, technically a dislike with this movie. Is it's just like with a Christmas Carol in general. But oh, no. Ghost of Christmas Present is misnamed because he is really the ghost of the very near future Christmas. <laughs> right. So what's the deal with that? Well, he's the ghost of Christmas future, and then there's the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Oh, so oh, you're saying cast you should rename Ghost of Christmas Future as Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come. Well, no, that's what he is named. That's what he is, yeah. But actually in the book, okay. if you were ever to read the book, Francisco, the ghost I have of not. Go ahead. Yeah, the ghost of Christmas present 
Scrooge thinks that is the present and that he what he is seeing is Christmas Day. In fact, it takes longer than the day to go around the world to see all these uh, good people doing good and all that stuff, which is why in the book, which is why in the movie, they all say, oh, I can't believe it's Christmas Day when he comes back because he's thought he's way past it now. Oh, that makes so much but more they sense. Never, yes, they never they never hit that home in any film adaptation yeah because i've never read the book and i I, that's always been weird to me okay yeah you also Uh, notice in this version and i haven't ever seen it in the other version with the ghost of christmas present is the ghost of christmas present actually ages yeah i did notice that i thought that was cool but i didn't know why yeah that was a nice touch oh totally yes from his basically his birth to the end of his time yeah though why didn't he continually shrink seems like that would have been really carried at home because he shrinks he's like born really huge and then oh he could change size like wasn't he dancing with the mice at one point yeah he did oh i didn't remember that okay yeah oh speaking of which which version did you guys see this time around because there's Um, an extended version that goes that actually goes to my other dislike oh okay well go for it and then we'll hit up which ones which versions we saw i watched it on amazon prime last night okay okay and we're watching it, and my wife and I are sitting here. We're watching the whole thing. We get to the end, and they do the reprise of The Love We Found. Mm-hmm. And we both turn to each other and go, they completely cut when love is gone. Yeah. So the version we saw is the version where uh, Katzenberg cut that entire number mm-hmm. in that scene mm-hmm. out of the film. Well, that's the theatrical version. It wasn't till the home video version that... Uh, that was where that stuff in. was put back in. Put back yeah, in. Oh, it's interesting because I, again, this goes back to me being a musical nerd mm-hmm. and a continuity nerd. Cutting that number makes the ending when love is found makes so much less sense. Yeah, right. Yeah, and from because yep. it's basically a reprise of the song we heard earlier in a at a, a sad at a sad moment. Right, and then we get the hopeful version of the same song. It kind of loses its impact. Yeah, definitely. When you haven't had the other version, and that yep. that bugged the bejeebers out of me. I was just like, "Why would you do that?" Yeah. No wonder Disney kicked you out, Katzenberg. <laughs> so well, part of the problem is they cut it out of the film, and the the version that they had, um, they 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 kept reserved, or, or they they preserved, is a horrible pan and scan version. Yeah. And so. Yes. Yeah, it the looks terrible. Have, yeah, the Blu-ray version. I went back and looked. It was like it's there mm-hmm. right. on that. But you're right. It's it doesn't yep. look as good. Right. It, it it looks pretty pretty awful. Yeah. Um, huh. So so you so you watched the Blu-ray version then, uh, Nathan? Yeah, but which I watched they, it. Blu-ray on, has both versions. Oh, oh okay. Right. Yeah, I watched it on DVD. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> And it, and it has both versions. It's kind of one of those horrible things, though, because in the DVD version, you can see the full screen extended version, okay, okay, or the widescreen theatrical version. Oh, either way, and see that, right? So you can see the nicer picture, uh, but you won't get the full experience. Or you can see the garbage pan and scan picture <laughs> to have the full experience. The whole thing, right? right. right. Either way, you're and, not getting the full experience. Yeah, pretty much. Right. 
Yep. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, and Paul, I so I watched whatever version Paul has on his Voodoo. I don't know which one that is. Okay, I guess so that's a theatrical. Right? Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say because I read that IMDb trivia and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about because I don't remember something <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't watched this movie that much, uh, but <laughs> let's see. Uh, I think we'll do uh, Nathan has one more dislike, I believe, and then we'll get to our tragic makers. Go for it, Nathan. Yeah, I thought the pacing around the ghost of Christmas future slowed down uh, hmm. considerably. I've watched this film a number of times, and as soon, pretty much as soon as they come out of that portal, I just feel like, oh, okay, we're we're we should be done at this point, and oh. I, I can't quite put my finger on it because I wouldn't want to shorten the ghost of Christmas present at all. Cause that's a phenomenal scene. Um, and, and, and the, the scene in and of itself of the ghost of Christmas future is actually pretty short. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't want to cut anything out of that either, but, but something happens and I, it might be more of a Christmas Carol than the Muppet Christmas Carol. I have a question on that because in, and this is just pure speculation because in the present towards the end, as they're singing at the end of that song, um, Michael Caine's eyes, he's looking around and he's teared up. They're watered. And then when the song ends, he looks at the spirit and he's gray and old. And it's kind of like he's had that heart change, or at least starting to, and especially with the old spirit. Am I getting this right so far? Right. Am I remembering correctly? I yeah. think so. Yeah. Okay. So then at, he he's his heart's starting to change at the end of the song. Then he sees the spirit. Oh, no, what's going on? So it's like that heart is already changing at that point. And then comes the future, and it's like, all this other stuff on top of it. So do you think like it's, it's too much like, or I'm just curious. Cause I, I didn't see anything wrong with the, the future, but I was just wondering why you thought it was the pacing was off. I, you know, I think it's, it's uh watching my kids, right? So this is a horrifying moment. The ghost of Christmas future. It's basically the grim reaper coming out and yeah. I can tell my kids are a little more tense watching them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they they they're also losing interest at that point in the film. Mm-hmm. Is that because Gonzo leaves? No, I don't think so. I I, okay. I just think something slows down. Where all of a sudden you're like, oh, we got another one to go through here. <laughs> well, there's also yeah. if you think about it, especially um, there's a large portion of the uh, Ghost of Christmas yet to come that's literally basically just Michael Caine monologuing. Mm, right. Yeah, that's yes. true. Yes. Yeah. No, because you got the other ghost doesn't say anything. Yeah. Right? And he's sitting there in the graveyard, and he's basically talking to himself. Okay, now that we've uh, shared the things we didn't like, uh, the main things, let's get to our tragic makers, the things we hate most about uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Let's start with let's start with Patrick, uh, if you have any tragic makers. The closest thing I could come to something that was really tragic was poor Michael Caine's singing voice. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> was he it good? Good. Was it not good? good? No. Everything else. Then he opens his mouth to sing. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> sorry, please. So I mean, it services the role and it's fine, but it's certainly nothing to. It's not something I would ever put on the old Zoom and listen to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Talk about your classics. Thing. Oh my goodness, the Zoom. So, uh, this was, was his first professional singing gig 
Halloween as far as like too. stage and movies. So, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that was the only moment I was like, oh. Would so, it have made sense to you if he had this spectacular singing voice being the character he was? I would have preferred it if he had almost kind of Rex Harrison did. Mm-hmm. Now, I've you know heard I mean that name. That. I don't know what you mean by that. Though. Dr. Okay, Doolittle. Ever, Dr. Doolittle, My Fair Lady. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, those okay. are all movies yes. Francisco hasn't seen. That's true, uh, but now, now I sort of know who you're talking about. Yes, Rex I've Harrison. seen Dr. Doolittle, Rex Paul. Harrison. Oh, okay, sorry. Well, Rex Harrison was an actor, a film actor, who did two big movie musicals, My Fair Lady and Dr. Doolittle, uh-huh. but Rex Harrison does it sing. So he kind of did like this speaking delivery. Okay, yeah, yeah. His musical numbers that mm-hmm. worked a whole lot better. Oh, okay. You know, that... Kind of like almost delivering it in character, the more mm-hmm. of a speaking, right. the more speaking than singing it. Uh, right, okay. that makes and sense. And in rhythm. Um, so oh, cool. I think if he, I mean, he tried something like that instead. Mm-hmm. I think if you go back and you look at like. Um, the, not Scrooge, the Bill Murray version, but the musical Scrooge um, that yeah. came out in like the 70s. 1970, uh, exactly, yeah. with uh, Albert Finney, yes. Albert Finney, yeah. Albert Finney is not a singer. Mm-hmm. And he did much more of a kind of a speaking delivery of his stuff. Okay, yeah. And I think sometimes if they go more that route, then it'll work, it can sell better. Mm-hmm. Again, it wasn't like something that was like, it wasn't cringeworthy, mm-hmm. really, but... It was like, oh, we've had this brilliant performance this entire time. It kind of and ends on a sour like, note a little bit. Slam on the brakes and go, <laughs> he could do anything, but he cannot sing. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, you know, my tragic maker is very similar. Oh, I'll yeah. get go. mine out of the way. Yeah, go for it. And, and because my tragic maker is Michael Caine himself. Really? I know a lot of people oh. think he's great. He makes the movie. But me, I just think he's eh. Mm-hmm. As Scrooge, um, sorry, it's me. It's, it's not it's, you. It's me. Are you breaking up it, with this podcast? No, I'm breaking <laughs> up with Michael Caine. Sorry, <laughs> um, he doesn't do it for me. You know, okay, as yeah. Scrooge. In fact, Albert Finney is my definitive Scrooge. Uh, Great, for from 1970. So, um, but and I was trying to think. Well, who would have I cast? in this in place and i i was thinking david at bowie first I, <laughs> that would be interesting christian bale david bowie jeremy, irons. Too. <laughs> jeremy irons would be interesting at first i was thinking john cleese but he wouldn't no. play it serious enough no. <laughs> but i thought an, it, an interesting choice would have been um uh sean connery I would have liked to see where he would have taken from a grouchy old man to a nice. But then I was also thinking, I don't, I would have him audition like he would, right? Or John Hurt, I thought, might do an interesting screen. Oh, yeah. 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 Hopkins could have been there. I would love to see Anthony Hopkins play screen. Yeah, I thought of him, but he gets a little too out there sometimes as far as he could definitely take it almost to the. Uh, the Sir Patrick Stewart level of craziness when he gets to to be Scrooge. So he does chew the scenery at times. That's yeah. nice. Yes. Nathan, why don't you give us your tragic maker for the Muppet yeah, Christmas we talked, Carol? We talked about it a little bit, actually. Uh, okay. Is uh, the actual transfer of the film to DVD or digital sources mm-hmm. or Blu-ray. Uh, because you have that option 
of you know you can watch it in full screen with a horrible pan and scan but you have that deleted musical mm-hmm. or uh you can watch it in a better transfer uh with with that key pivotal song <clears throat> when love is gone taken out and i think um you need that song when love is gone in there uh to really end the film well uh not well because the reprise the, i mean the reprise is based off that but something that happens with the song is utterly brilliant he loses romantic love and romantic love is awesome and it's good and it's wonderful um but what he ends up gaining at the end is an even higher form of love it's it's beyond romantic love it's this familial unconditional love so he has an even he even has a deeper love uh that than romance so yeah he lost that and you know he's an old man so he may never get that back uh she's probably married off and he's not going to find that but he finds something deeper that's more than just one individual or even a family it's it's he's making a family out of out of all these people that he's around uh and so the fact that you have to uh choose whether or not that's in there or not um with the transfer i mean that that's just a tragedy and it's never going to be able to be fixed and the film is never so big that they're going to go back and and try and uh, rectify the situation with like a remaster or or anything of uh, any significant financial cost to the studio well i mean i don't know if if the muppets got really i bet you if the the whole the newer muppet movies got Super, super popular to the point where people were. They've been like, getting worse. So re- not anytime. I'm, yeah. Okay, yeah. let me finish. Disney has tried. It's. I'm just saying, and I want it. I, I I'm with you. I, I would yeah. love to see more great Muppet material. Oh, I think totally. Disney doesn't yeah. understand the Muppets. I yeah. think you're right. I love that company, but I do not think they understand the Muppets. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Disney has enough money to make a Star Wars land look like Star Wars, but they don't. So. Let's not go into that. Wait, it, the Star Wars land doesn't look like Star Wars? <laughs> it doesn't look like any of the Star Wars we've already seen. That's the point. They, that's they that's have that's the money to do that, but they don't. So have you seen, again, the, models? Have you seen the models for the new, the new park land? New park yeah. Stuff? yeah. It's unbelievable. In a good way or a bad way? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very excited. <laughs> okay. But this isn't Star Wars. No. We're not, that's not how, is this isn't how the podcast works. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to cap us off with my tragic maker. The thing I hated most about this movie. Um, I don't know if you consider it a doozy, but here it is. A slammer. Of the three Christmas Carol adaptations I have seen, I've only seen three. Uh, so I don't have a, a huge well to work from. But this is at the bottom for me. And I think I think this is why. Uh, one of... I said before, one of my likes is how well the puppeteers and the production designers integrated the the, the Muppets into the, all the settings and the sets and this story. Yes. But I think an unfortunate byproduct of that is that this didn't feel like a super fresh take on Dickens' story. It just felt kind of like a rehash of other Christmas Carol versions I'd seen before. And so it didn't. They all are rehashed. Well, I understand of that, the novel. but oh, I get yes, I get that, which is why they are all less similar. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. But they I don't just, all have music. But no. your first, but your first one that you watch, I feel like that probably is the one. Like, oh, this if if you liked it, that's probably the yeah. one that you hold up as the one probably your accurate. favorite. Um, sure. And this would probably be the last one I'd seen of the three that I had. Um, so. Because of that, I mean, 
and it's not that I don't like Muppets and Christmas. I actually, for whatever reason, I think a very Muppet Christmas, I actually really liked that version, at least last time I saw it. Um, yes, I know it's probably it's pretty much just a rehash of It's a Wonderful Life, but I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. So for me, that's like the, the oh story. What? <laughs> End the podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Burn it all. Get out. <laughs> No well, mutinies. It's, no mutinies it took on this five ship. years, but thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's been fun. <laughs> it's right above Paul's head. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life is right above oh. Paul's head. Oh, 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 the poster. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I, oh. <sighs> what, so what is your favorite? My That's favorite is actually you. You alluded to it earlier, Scrooge. I love the the <laughs> Bill Murray and the comedic take of Scrooge. I really enjoy I that. That is probably the the no. least. No. That's the least like. The the story. May, well, maybe that's yeah. why I like it the most. And then the yeah. second one after that is the Mickey Disney version with Scrooge as Scrooge. I like I like that one a lot. That's a good, good one. one. So anyway, that's I mean. I'm sure there are other versions that I would like less than this, but yeah, that's that's my tragic maker. Is that it's just like it's di- it didn't seem all that uh, all that Indeed. fresh to me having the Muppets be a part of it. Um, so, but with that, we've entered those three are very <laughs> different from each other. How can you say it seems like a rehash <laughs> of the others? <laughs> but the, all the story beats are still the same. It's still well, Christmas of course presents, they're Christmas all the same. It's still lost <laughs> love. Well, yeah, so that's why. <laughs> what do you want from me, Paul? That's what I have to say. And now I've said it. Now we all right. entered all our uh, financially. So your tragedy, your tragic maker is that a Muppet's Christmas Carol is too much like a Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alice, uh, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. I can't think of three Christmas Carol versions that are wildly different from each other than those three. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I like, I, mean, I do want to see the George C. Scott version because I've heard he's a good Scrooge from other that's people. A, that's a great movie. Okay, yeah. okay, that's then, my wife's favorite version. Okay, then maybe I'll I'll, I'll endeavor to see that. But uh, regardless, let's the get Flintstone version is brilliant as well. There's a Flintstone version. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, Francisco! There's like 50 versions out. Well, there. sure, it's public domain. Why not? Yeah. It doesn't cost us anything to make this. Okay, so do we rate the Muppet Christmas Carol a classic? We'd recommend anyone go out and watch this. I mean, add add it to one of those films you watch every Christmas. It's that good, um, even if you've never seen it before. A nostalgic, it's only worth a rewatch during the Christmas season, Christmas season, or well, anytime, I suppose. Uh, but if you've never seen it before, uh, it, it may not really be worth your time. Or a tr- do we rate it a tragic? It's not worth your time to anyone. If, if you have fond memories of it, uh, leave those memories intact and don't sully it with a re- rewatch. Uh, so how do we rate it? Let's start, with, uh, let's start with Nathan first. How do you rate The Muppet Christmas Carol? 
I rate it a classic. I what? think it is a phenomenal film. It's uh, it, it's good for kids. It's good for adults, especially because of Michael Caine. But, um, but that whole segment with, straight. That whole segment with Ghost so, of Future yeah. Past gets gets boring and pacing's off. So I, how can you rate Ghost a classic? Christmas. Whatever I said, yeah, whatever you know, I meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think it's classic. I, I it's a very enjoyable film, and it's something that uh, I I like to watch every year. Okay, um, well, and awesome. I think I'll continue that tradition. Very good, uh, Patrick. Geez, sorry, Patrick. How do you rate the Muppet Christmas? It's, it's a classic. It's a classic. classic. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think it needs to be in every but, holiday film rotation. At our feel that it is probably the last great Muppet product. Um, oh. I might, I, I could probably agree with you there, yeah. Yeah. I, think, I don't think there's been anything since Christmas Carol that has lived up to the... the yeah, the what the Muppets could be, yeah. I personally would agree with you on that. I think uh, the Muppets, that movie, w- is the second closest to it, but that's me. But yeah, I agree. The Jason Segel film? yeah. It's a good film, but it's still. It's, so it's yeah, yeah. But it's like next gen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. These kids with their cell phones today, sheesh. Um, <laughs> uh, Paul, how do you rate this movie? I also rate this a classic. As what a surprise! As, as much as I uh, disliked Michael Caine as. Ebenezer Scrooge, he is still delightful in this, and everything yeah. about this movie is is delightful. And so, if you haven't seen this, I'd recommend giving it a shot at least because um, I enjoyed it. So that's three classics. Um, My guess is that before you give your answer, <laughs> that tonight you are going to be visited by three spirits. <laughs> 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 Are you the three spirits right now? Is that what this no. is? Oh, that 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 could actually work. I was, we're doing a horrible job if that's the case. <laughs> uh, you probably kind of saw this coming, guys. But I, I'm sorry. I'm the Scrooge of this lot because I rate I'm up a Christmas Carol, a tragic movie. I I just uh, even after watching it, really? I, this conversation was way more fun than the movie. I I'm glad I watched oh. it for this conversation. Oh, wow! But it's you know I hadn't seen it in a long time, and there is a reason why. It's just it, I fell asleep through toward the end. You guys were commenting on the whole reprise not matching the original song, and that the you you're talking about how. It was slow during the the end sequence with the Ghost of Future Past. I'm like, I don't really remember that, but I think that's because those are the parts I was falling asleep. <laughs> it's just, it, it, I, I mean, and it wasn't that late when I watched it either. So I don't know. So you're tired. You have kids. We yeah, but it's but not the movies. Wait, well. did you say the Ghost of Future Past? What? Did you watch the X Men version <laughs> of? <laughs> <laughs> The ghost of Christmas future is what I meant. That was funny. Logan, Logan is Scrooge. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Oh, my word. There's nothing Hugh Jackman can't do. I was about to say, and Hugh Jackman could sing. <laughs> wow. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, most of my qualifiers are, is it enjoyable? It wasn't that much for me. 
Are there quotable lines? Not really for me. Would I show it to my kids? I would. No, I wouldn't be opposed to them watching this, but I'm not going to say, "Hey, let's let's watch this movie." No, it's the frog's idea. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not a movie for Francisco. So I had to read it. tragic because I based it on me because I'm egotistical that way. Anyway, regardless of my thoughts, though, the Retro Rewind podcast as a whole rates the Muppet Christmas Carol a disputed, uh, only slightly disputed classic movie. Uh, We'd recommend you go out and watch this, uh, whether or not you've seen it before. Now let's get to our feedback section. Alice, bring up the commsats. Comsats online. Receiving incoming transmission. All righty, it's just the usual roundup for you all. Uh, first off, if you'd like to, well, I say usual. If you this is your first time listening to the show, then this is completely new for you. So listen in. If you go to retrorewindpodcast.com/vote, you actually get to participate and decide which movies we actually cover on the podcast. You, we have a list of fifteen movies there. You click the up arrow or the down arrow, uh, voting up or down the movies you want us to cover. You can vote on each movie. You only get one vote per movie, though. And if we're going to end voting uh, at the end of January or mid to end of January 2018, but if we were to end voting today, this this is how the top five uh, stack up. So uh, a little bit of change since last time. Uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Fan Mess, is still number one. Uh, Sam Raimi's uh, Spider-Man 2002 version is still number two. Legend is number three. Pokemon, the first movie, is now number four, and Grease is now number five. Oh, no. <laughs> I want to do that movie so bad. I want to do Grease with you guys so bad. Then you... <laughs> me and I'm, Paul... I'm claiming that right now. Okay, all right. That's fine. You can have Grease. Uh, though I, I feel like someone else may have claimed it. We'll see. Maybe we'll have to do another two-person two one, but regardless... Uh, they can do a sing-off... There you go. I toured, the, I toured that show. I, oh, wow. Paul apparently doesn't, and I've never seen it. So that, that oh, would be interesting. Yeah. Anyway. I might be up for doing that then. So those are your top five as it, as it is now. Voting up and down could change that uh, easily before January or keep it the same. Who knows? I uh, also want to tell you guys, go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash store to buy our T-shirts, hoodies, Again, uh, say uh, then our newest shirt up there is a uh, black shirt. There are several styles. There's long sleeve, short sleeve, women's cut, uh, sweatshirt. Uh, but they all say, "I hate black. I hate white text on black background." Paul, the master interrupter powers. Uh, so if that sounds like a fun shirt uh, to you, by all means, go get it uh, and help support the podcast in the process. Uh, there's no other feedback. Uh, right now, but if you would like to uh, contact us, you can uh, either leave feedback for us in the post for this episode at retrorewindpodcast.com slash 134. You could also go to our... Uh, there's some other ways Paul's going to go into in a second, uh, but you can also be a part of our Facebook group by going to retrorewindpodcast.com slash group. And there we have lots of uh, discussion, not only on the stuff we cover, but other retro things. And it's a fun group to be a part of. 
<clears throat> with that, we have just about reached our last nav point and the end of the episode. If you are new to the show, thank you for listening this far. Uh, uh, whether you liked uh, Muppet Christmas Carol or you didn't, hopefully you got a good uh, assortment of opinions and maybe some things you agreed with, didn't agree with. Let us know what, what those were. That'd be awesome to hear from you. Um, but we hope you enjoyed the show regardless. And why not subscribe to it? You can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or any podcatcher you like. And whether or not you've ju- this is your first episode or you've been listening since episode one, please consider becoming one of our patrons. Uh, that's essentially you committing to helping fund the show for a dollar an episode, two dollars, whatever you want. Uh, any amount helps us a lot and you get some fun rewards. For instance, <clears throat> if you are a patron at $1 an episode or more, you get access to our bonus stage feed, which includes uh, movie commentaries. We've done a few newer movie reviews, uh, our new tubes games. And currently we're doing a series of movie and theology discussions. So if any of that sounds uh, interesting to you, you can have access to all that content for being uh, for just supporting us for one dollar an episode, which is about two dollars a month. Uh, and thank you to all our current patrons; it really makes a big difference that you support the show like you do. But now we have reached Nav Point Omega. Paul, do you have any intel on our next mission? As of this month, when this episode is available for download, a new Star Wars movie will be. Released into theaters, Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Does anyone have their tickets yet? I don't know. All right, we have one. All right, good job. <laughs> so, in honor of that, next time we'll be going back to the year 1984 for the TV movie of the Ewok Adventure, Caravan of Courage. What? So, oh if you want to share your memories about that or talk to us about anything, you can contact us at Retro Rewind Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, and Twitch and Mixer as well. Also, I, I want to ch- say don't expect to hear your memories on that episode, though, because we've already recorded it. Yeah. Yes. My, walks my, are long gone. my exclamation was fabricated. I apologize. Continue, Paul. <laughs> Whoa, behind the scenes. Okay, so check out our video game streams and pod trailers on youtube.com slash retro rewind podcast. And if you want to find me, Paul J. Powers, you can go to pauljpowers.com where I have all my social media links. Awesome. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for being a good friend, awesome co-host. I mean, you're an awesome Thank friend, you. too. I always sort of lead in with good and <laughs> up it's awesome. But you're yeah. awesome all around. Love doing this show Aww. with you. Thanks. And I have been more around lately. Oh I've been enjoying the holidays. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Uh, and you can find me, Francisco, on Twitter. I'm at FXRUIZX. And I'm also on Instagram, same handle. And I want to promote my services as a web and graphic designer. Check out my portfolio at FXRDesign.com. Or if you'd like me to make you a pixel art graphic of your logo or yourself, uh, or a character you illustrated. I'd love to do that work for you. You can find me on Fiverr. Just go retrorewindpodcast.com slash Fiverr. And you'll see all my gigs there. And I'd love to work with you to do one of those. Alrighty. Well, uh, I also want to say a big thank you to our guests. Uh, first, thank you, Patrick Kramer, for coming back to the show. It is awesome having you on again. Uh, yeah. How can people find you online? And is there anything you'd like to promote? Um, let's see. Uh, you can find I have a my professional 
Facebook page, which is just Patrick Kramer on the Facebooks. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at what is my Instagram name? Uh, oh, that he, would be fabulous if that was somebody's what is my Instagram name? Uh, yeah, it's uh, B Patrick Kramer. B Patrick, and Kramer. you can and if you want to listen to my political rants, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at uh, at Psychokinetic. Nice. Well, thank you again. And I have nothing to plug. I'm taking the holidays off. No oh. shows. Oh, okay. Good. Oh, wow. Which is great. It's been nice. It's nice. the first Christmas that we, either one of us are doing gigs. Wow. So we're kind of, except for like some holiday parties that we're doing some corporate stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're kind of just kind of laying back and actually enjoying the season. The holidays. Oh, for nice. Good, good, nice. Good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Patrick, for being a part of this. And I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And Nathan, how can people find you online? And is there anything you'd like to promote? Yeah, a few places to find me. Uh, untoldpodcast.com, where we uh, produce speculative fiction um, once a month. we got a big one coming up in a couple days here. I think it's a, I don't know, about an hour and a half long uh, episode story. Whoa. Um, yeah, and you could find me at nathanjamesnorman.com where I very infrequently update things, but you can find all my links to Twitter and uh, Facebook there. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you want to torture yourself and listen to some sermons, uh, orchardchurch.net. Um, and you can, you know, like I said, torture yourself and listen to sermons. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, big big plug to Untold Podcast. Uh, I think we're up to episode 67 68 something like that Ooh, so there's awesome. free audio fiction uh, that you can go and we're about to launch a uh, a new platform where you can have access to all of the uh, the episodes not just Whoa. the last 25 so Whoa. we're looking forward to that uh-oh watch out big things happening okay well thank you again Patrick and Nathan and thank you yes you listening right now i'm talking to you you didn't know that Who, me yeah you <laughs> Oh, thanks. (laughs) Um, Wow. We really appreciate you for listening, whether you're uh, commuting to work right now or you're doing dishes or you're working out, whatever you're doing, we really appreciate you listening. And uh, we pray that this episode uh, brought a smile to your face and you're more joyful now than you were when you first hit play. And don't forget, you can find us on the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com and on the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. That was the podcast? It was dumb. It was obvious. It was pointless. It was fun. I loved it. (laughs) Thanks, Waldorf or Stratford or whatever your name is. It wasn't short. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't short.